This is the Root Advice Podcast with TikTok influencer Rudy A. Divorced after 16 years of marriage and single at 39, I share my mistakes and experiences to help your marriage improve your dating life and prepare you for life after divorce. You know, I am not going to brag, but this episode is just filled to the brim with wisdom. Absolute, real experience, true to life wisdom. And if you're considering to get married, if you're in a marriage and considering to get divorced in a dead bedroom situation, you think your wife is possibly cheating on you or your husband, you need to listen to this program. On today's episode, I have Ralph, uh, otherwise known as Dad Starting Over DSO. And I met him on TikTok maybe about six months ago. You know how on your FYI feed, FYI, FYP feed, any topics pertaining to what you constantly look for, it pops up. Well, he popped up and he got divorced about eight years ago. And with that event, he created the Dad's Starting Over website. Uh, the man is an inspiration to me because he's shown me what I need to do to evolve and grow with my product and with, with my advice and with my platform. The man has written four books, okay? Divorce Panic, No Bullshit Life Advice for Young Men, The Dead Bedroom, and uh, Red Flags. He started a website to offer counseling, and it's grown to such a large platform where he's got numerous coaches working for him. And he also started the DSO Fraternity, which is a online group of men going through divorce to just counsel and give each other support, which, again, that's what I aspire to. And that's what I want to build. And that's what I see myself doing in the very, very near future. So he and I talk about our experiences about going through divorce. He shares his story on why his divorce occurred. And when he found out his wife was cheating on him, how he discovered and how he reacted to that. We're also going to touch on how your wife, we're going to talk about signs that your wife is possibly cheating on you. So men, listen up for that. We're going to talk about how getting attention in your marriage after eight, nine years in can be somewhat dangerous and cause you to cheat. You know, you lose weight, you start looking good, and you start getting attention that you've never gotten. We'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about how important it is in a marriage to stay sexy for one another to make it work. And we're also going to touch on a very triggering, sensitive topic for women. Ladies, we're going to talk about how your husband can still love you and still cheat on you. I know that doesn't make sense to you hearing it, but we're going to talk about that in detail in today's podcast. So again, if you haven't done so already, I'm going to ask every episode, please rate the podcast on whatever listening platform you're listening on. Please leave a review, some comments. Let me know what you think about the program, especially this particular episode. I can't wait to hear specific feedback on these topics. And if you haven't done so already, if you'd like to contribute to the growth of all everything I develop from the videos, the TikToks, Instagrams, and even this podcast, you can be a Patreon I, I, I can use the help. I definitely would appreciate that. I have different tiers, $3 and $5 tiers, or you can just donate whatever you like and all the proceeds will go to the overhead in producing all the products and all the materials that you're listening to. So if you would w- want to be a great supporter, I would appreciate that. And without further ado, everybody, here is Ralph with Dad Starting Over. Yeah, so um, hair. Yes, I got yeah. a hair restoration surgery uh, for my birthday two years ago. And uh, I got it because one, I've been on YouTube for a while, right? I remember my story, how I got divorced. I had no friends. Mm -hmm. So I started Mm -hmm. reviewing movies. I didn't like what I was looking at in the video because I just noticed it started really going back. 
and I filmed a video with my girlfriend. We were doing like a Evil Dead reaction video because she had never seen Evil Dead. You, you seen those movies, Evil oh, Dead? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So let me see if I can find the picture real quick. And there she is. She's looking all super hot. And uh, I lit the room dark and red. And I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be great. And I saw the the video, and my hair was worse than what I had thought. And I'm like, okay, I'm 44. I might as well at this point shave it. You know, just own yeah, it. Yeah. Hmm. Um, she was like, no, keep it. You know, let's look at some options. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Cause I didn't want to record videos anymore. I didn't want to show my face cause I was so, my confidence was hit. So I went and got a surgery. It cost eight grand. And um, I will recommend it to anybody, but do your research yeah, because yeah. you can see it's still thin. A but little it looks, bit. Na- it looks natural. Yes. I mean, I've seen some where it looks like doll hair. You know, you can see the very defined line and you can just tell something's up. I w- mm-hmm. Honestly, I would never have suspected. Really? Okay. Yeah. And I, you, they, yeah. It looks natural. It looks very natural. Thank you. Uh, and the reason I did, I went and got a consultation because just like you, like, hey, you know, I've seen guys get this and they look horrible. You know, it, it looks mm-hmm. horribly fake. And they go, well, back in the early 2000s when this started, they used to plug three hairs per root. So that's why it gave it the doll look. So now they plug it per strand and wow. the, the thicker hairs go in the back and the thinner ones go in the front. They grade them uh, like with the system one through five, five being They're real thick, one being thin. With it. Yeah. So cool. it's thinner and it gradually, it looks natural. So I'm like, okay, if it looks natural, then I'll do it. Uh, I think I want to go again because I want it thicker up front. Um, I, I just want it thicker just for my confidence and my money's worth side effects, by the way, just so you know, even though you get the surgery, yeah. you still have to take Rogaine or do Rogaine, right? Really? Yep. Because it's still your testosterone. Battling, is what, your, yeah, the DHT and the, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So and your, your body's still something. naturally trying to lose its hair. Yeah. And it will, oh, can't fight nature, right? Yeah. And uh, you, they prescribe finasteride. And this is where I read about oh, it. Oh, yeah. That's a uh, very hormonally impactful drug. Yeah. Get this. I'll share this with you. So, yeah. yes, they said take it uh, once a day. And I read all this, this horror stories where guys said, you know, they killed their sex drive. And I'm like, no, I'll fight it because I have a hot girlfriend, right? <laughs> a month into it, sex was not on my mind whatsoever. Wow, interesting. I was like, what the fuck's wrong with me? I have a beautiful girlfriend right here. What the, what's going on with me? I didn't wake up with morning wood anymore. And I'm like, this is not me. You know, I know I'm older, but no, I, I, I have morning wood. What's going on? So, I started just feeling not like myself and I went and got the test and go, yeah, you're, you hardly have any testosterone because you're taking these pills. Yeah. Uh, so what's more important, your sex drive and feeling like you or your hair? Mm-hmm. Like, fuck, mm-hmm. no, they, they don't tell you that. Yeah. And I actually, I started microdosing. So instead of every day, I take one pill a week and uh, I started feeling like myself again. I started waking up with the morning wood. I started getting, having that, as, as I call it, the eye of the tiger at the gym. And mm-hmm. I was just ready to attack the gym and the weights. And then I got my girlfriend pregnant. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. yeah you know, so, um, I posted a video um, and this is something I hear every now and then from guys. 
it's really sad. The ones that are in the dead bedroom situations, they say, how can I lower my, uh, my libido? Because it's, it's, it, I feel yeah. it's out of control and I'm not getting anything. I just feel terrible. And I'm, I'm, my eyes wandering too much. Some of them, you know, go to prostitutes and all that stuff. So I want to squash this. And a lot of them hear from their doctor. Well, there's this, there's this hair drug, uh, finished, uh, what was the proper pronunciation? Finisteride? Uh, uh, uh finisteride. Yeah, finasteride. That's been mm-hmm. known to cut down on the uh, libido and you stop your hair from falling out. So I've heard some men going down that, down that direction purposefully. As sad wow. as that is. As sad as I, that is, yeah. Yeah, they don't do that, man. Fix the bedroom because um, I was really scared. I thought I was at that age. Like, well, I guess I'm like, uh, I, I, there's no more <laughs> venom in the snake no more. I was like, had this depression. I gained weight. I was all upset about myself. And then I finally did more research. and like, that's what it is. And now I'm back. Yep, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I got to do a uh-huh. video on that itself just to kind of let men know. But uh, there you go. Uh, Mr. Ralph DSO, how you doing? I'm doing all right. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you uh, so much for being on the podcast. And again, thank you for having me on your show. What, a couple months back? Has it been that long now? Yeah, it was a popular think, episode. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes. I cut it up into clips and some of those clips went semi-viral, you know, 100,000 or so, you know, views. I, so, yeah. <laughs> I say that's TikTok. viral. Yeah. Well, I had, yeah. I had one, I followed in your footsteps. I had one that hit the 4.4 million or something like that. So I consider that one like, oh, oh, holy shit. You know, for me, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And you've had a substantial growth since then. I mean, I think yeah. the last time when I first encountered you, and for those who don't know, I met uh, DSO here on TikTok because uh, we more or less talk about the same topics and we're going to talk about divorce in today's podcast. And uh, I think you had maybe 17, maybe 20,000. Now you're almost at a hundred thousand now, right? Uh, 80 some thousand. Yeah. 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 That's, that's good. Well, congratulations. And uh, for those who don't know who you are and what you do, give everybody mm-hmm. a quick summary on who DSO is. Yeah. Well, you can call me Ralph if you want. It's more, mm-hmm. uh, you know, natural than DSO, but DSO stands for dad starting over, which is the name of my website slash business. And it started off as a blog and that evolved into coaching one-on-one with myself. Um, I wrote books uh, one of my books became pretty popular and it's called the dead bedroom fix. And it's mm-hmm. all my thoughts on men that are in sexless marriages, relationships, and what to do about it. And, uh, that got a lot of people to my website, which in turn allowed me to create a members only group and hire more coaches. And we have, a the members only group has all kinds of benefits within that we can talk about, but it's been now for shoot, how long has it been now? It's been uh, that I've been doing this like eight years or so now. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And um, don't be modest, my friend, because uh, everybody who's listening to this, uh, Mr. DSO, Ralph here is an inspiration to me. And uh, he's kind of the fire I needed to kind of evolve in what I'm doing here and sort of writing books. Because you're an author of four books. I have it here. Divorce Panic, No Mm -hmm. Bullshit Life Advice for Young Men, The Dead Bedroom, as you mentioned, and Red Flags. So again, Dead Bedroom Fix, Red Flags. Is that all? Yeah, Yeah, I guess so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you also built a fraternity. Um, so talk about that. Cause I, I know men, yeah. we've been there, uh, divorce, uh, sucks obviously. And a lot of us go through it alone. So tell us about the DSO fraternity. Well, the genesis of that was twofold. One was a selfish reason, which was, boy, I have a lot of eyeballs on my website and on my social media right now. How can I take advantage of this? Uh, book sales is great, but that's, you know, buy one, then they're gone. Um, so I need to figure out some kind of way to make a residual income, some kind of regular monthly thing. And well, that's mm-hmm. saying that is one thing, but what can I offer men that would allow them to spend right. X amount of dollars every month? It's got to be something of value. Mm-hmm. And so, well, what is it that I need as a man. I'm a pretty good uh, example of your average dude Mm -hmm. divorced and 
whatever. And so uh, what is it that I was lacking at this stage of my life? It was contact with other men. Um, and that's something that I've learned is very common amongst dudes. We just yeah. don't interact with guys. We're not as very social. We're so busy with the kids and the house and work and everything else that, yeah. well, especially for guys in our shoes that have been divorced, cheated on, whatever it may be. Um, we really have a lot of shit to talk about and we really yeah. have nobody to talk to about it with. When you're going to go to your buddy who's happily married and everything else, he'll just sit across wide eyed and go, "Uh uh-huh, and sip his beer and go, well, dude, it's nice talking to you. He's very uncomfortable about talking about, well, my wife cheated on me. I mean, I've had those conversations where the guys go, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I had one friend, I had one friend actually texted me and said that he actually Googled what to say to your friend when he says he was cheated on because he had no idea how to approach this. He was very uncomfortable, (laughs) but he wanted to be supportive. And so- that's what I had to deal with. So let's start a group where guys can get together online and talk privately. We don't have to worry about the world seeing what we're saying. How about if we got on live meetings together and chatted via Zoom, face to face, so to speak, and talked about things? Right. What if we had guys to talk to one on one? You could pay them for their time. Guys that have been there and done that. Yeah. And um, what if we had like a private member podcast and articles and all kinds? Of, and what if we met actually in person and got together for little conferences? And that is what we call the DSO fraternity. And if anybody's interested in joining it, you can go to dsofraternity.com or go to my website at dadstartingover.com, get you to the same place. And uh, it costs only $14.99 a month. Mm -hmm. If you want to pay for the whole year up front, 149 bucks. If you're sold on it and you're like, I want to do this for years, get the lifetime for 349. Yeah. That's all it costs. Not an arm and a leg. Mm-hmm. relatively cheap for what you get. And we have, uh, as far as the live meetings, as far as what's popular in the group, the, the online discussion groups are very popular. They're 24 seven. We have guys from Australia, the U S all over the place. So if you go in any time of the day, there's guys talking about stuff on there. Extremely yeah. popular. The next most popular thing are the zoom meetings, which we have now it's like four or five every single week hosted by the coaches on a variety of different That's topics. Great. And we record them all. Yeah. So you can listen to all the recordings. So if you're on a road trip, you got a big 12 hour road trip, you will not run out of meetings to listen to because we have like 400 hours of meetings recorded that you can listen to all from your podcast app. So it's pretty cool. You know, that's inspiring, man. Like I said, uh, I'm evolving my content and what I want to do and just kind of spread my knowledge uh, just like you. So uh, the fact that you're doing this, no, I totally mean that. I give credit where credit's due. And even talked to my girlfriend after the podcast I was on, you know, you know what, Ralph? He's got me thinking, why am I not evolving here? I mean, I am, because, you know, dude, sitting on something not, great. <laughs> not to inflate your ego too much here, but yeah. you know, I, I'm good about one thing and that is recognizing greatness or when somebody's got it, that, that whatever that it is, and you got it, whatever that it is, because you have mm-hmm. the personality, you got the look, you got the everything, you're comfortable on the microphone, you're comfortable on the camera and mm-hmm. you've put out content and the world said, we like it. And they yeah. viewed the hell out of it. You, you got everything is checked. You just need to take mm-hmm. that next step of. What am I going to do with this? Make a legitimate business out of this and help people in the process. Isn't that a, you know, a cool idea? Yeah. And there's no greater feeling um, being a content creator and putting something out there and like, oh, it's actually helping improve lives. It's actually save lives in some cases. It's a, it's a feeling that I I never want to let go and definitely Mm -hmm. want to stick to it. But again, um, it's anyone out there listening. If you have a, a story and you're scared or maybe nervous about putting it out there, put it out there. You never know what could happen. I would never be talking to Ralph here. We would have never met if we didn't just put our stories out there. That's right. And use our divorces, which is, again, one of the most horrible events anybody can go through and evolve into better men, 
and helping others. It's a, it's a wonderful feeling. So, you know, take yeah. a chance sometimes you never know, but there's a negative, isn't there? Which is oh, yeah. you put yourself <laughs> out there and oh, you're going to piss a whole bunch of people off. And there's yeah. going to be people that are really going to put you to the test. And there's been days where I go, what the fuck am I doing? Do I really want to do this? Cause I yeah. just got a hundred nasty emails in a row from people all because wow. I said something that I thought was pretty innocuous and pretty nothing throwaway comment, but mm-hmm. people latch onto it. I did a, I did a video on um, how it's interesting, how people can say a lot of negative things about men in general, such as, you know, we tend to be the murderers and psychopaths and serial killers and rapists and child molesters, all really bad, horrible stuff. And we say, yeah, most of the time that's dudes. And then I say something as innocuous or something that I consider as throwaway as, you know, in couples who tends to be the most quote neurotic between the two? Well, it tends to be the woman and neurotic is a personality trait, which means a a propensity for negative thought. Mm -hmm. Who tends to be the most neurotic? Well, it's the woman. Oh my God. Brrr, comments, emails, burning hell, die. I can't believe you said that. I'm like, well, you just kind of illustrated the point. Yeah. <laughs> but there's uh, a data right there. He just proved my point. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. that's one, that's one truth. Uh, I, at, at one point, I think I told you this, there's a video clip that somebody stitched of me and took my context, my, my story out of context and labeled me this guy who cheated on his wife, which I did. And I've told that story, but she mm-hmm. wasn't pregnant and she wasn't alone with, you know, like uh, unemployed and like riddled with cancer, whatever people have told me. And I had like 9 million women hate me. So I think um, that that yeah. was pretty hard, especially when that wave came the week of my dad passed. So that Oof. wasn't, the universe yeah. doesn't give a damn Just about you. Piles <laughs> it on, doesn't it? Yeah. When yeah. it rains, it pours. Yeah. It does. But you know, you eventually learn not to take anything personal because everyone's speaking, everyone has their own lens of truth and experience. Exactly. Very you well can't put. deny yeah. that. You don't the wrong. know the, the prejudice <laughs> that they bring, all their past experience of bringing the disabled. I've, I've posted something and then somebody says, oh yeah, well, what about, and they will list the most detailed, horrible story. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? And then you realize yeah. this person's going through some shit right now and they just got to let it out. And for whatever reason, I pushed a button. That's not on me. Whatever. Mm. That's fine. Just let it go. Yeah. And unfortunately, like, again, the topics uh, we touch on, dead bedrooms, divorce, that's all very uh, personal and sensitive. Yes. Too yes. many people. And uh, that's kind of what I want to touch on. You said divorce, right? So divorce brought you into this space. So tell me about that. Yeah. Well, um, about a decade ago now, um, don't want to go into too much detail simply because been mm-hmm. there, done that. <laughs> Things have improved a great deal over the past, I don't know, five, six years or so. But um, mm-hmm. about a decade ago, I was in hell because I was married. I had a one-year-old. I had a six-year-old and a nine-year-old just turned nine. And, um, I was on vacation with my family and I discovered that my then wife was having an affair. Oh, she, one of those things where you're, this is so common. I've heard this a million times, got logged into the computer, a laptop that we shared, you know, opened up Facebook. Oh, look, she's on Facebook. And oh, look, she got a message on the messenger and Mm. I clicked it. I don't know why I clicked it, but I did. Mm-hmm. Maybe some, you know, God, the universe saying, dude, you need to check this out. I never suspected a thing ever clicked mm-hmm. it. I saw the tail end of a conversation that she had failed to delete. The rest is history. Yeah. And, um, part of the pro it wasn't just so much of boom, I got busted. I guess we're getting a divorce now. Let's make this amicable. It didn't go that easy. It was the tip of an iceberg of several years of behavior on her part. That was very alarming, scary. She very much regressed into a teenage, you know, type of state, mm-hmm. um, very rebellious. And part of that was ignoring the children. 
So I had to take on that responsibility and I had a one, one and a half year old in diapers and it was just wow. so was several years of that, of, of awfulness. And my daughter went through hell. The poor thing was, you know, pre-pubertal and then I got to see the puberty hit and then all the hormonal rush and all the stress of everything else and the mom and da, 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 and she had a hard time with anxiety and all kinds of awfulness. Yeah. Oh my it was God. terrible. And in the middle of this, I was this manic, crazy dude dating and trying to, you know, make myself feel better with what I call these human band-aids called women. Mm-hmm. That'll make me feel better. Right. And, and yeah. the energy I was putting out was a little nutty, crazy. I was looking better because of all this anxiety driven weight loss and everything else. Yeah. So yeah, nothing like depression was, and weight I, loss to make you lose 20 pounds. Right. <laughs> that's right. And so I was getting attention from women. And mm-hmm. at one point when I actually met my now wife, I had seven different women on my phone that I was in contact with. So there I was, you know, Mr. Casanova hey. feeling like the, you know, the, and you can relate, right? You've been there done. Oh yeah. Seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, it's, 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 we can set aside for another topic or another chat or later in this chat. That is not the case for a lot of men. I've learned a lot of men are like, I haven't gotten jack shit in years now, but that wasn't my case for whatever reason. My mindset certainly wasn't my looks. But my mindset or whatever was that I was getting a lot of attention and it, it felt amazing. So we had dad's dating. The kids didn't know about it or anything, but dad eventually met his now wife. We really hit it off. So it's a lot going on. Just It was it was pretty nutty. Yeah. And so that's what I was writing about. Wow. And um, my writings really didn't get a whole hell of a lot of attention until I uh, talked about um, uh, sex and marriage. That was when, in my experience in marriage number one and how it was so different and what I'm hearing from all these guys online and here are my thoughts on it. And that's what got me the most attention because that is the most acute pain point for men is, wow, I'm just not getting any in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And we talked about that in my podcast and you can certainly relate to that. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I want to go back and I know you don't want to go into detail, but uh, I was looking at your YouTube channel, by the way, I'm going to steal this idea. Not that it's an original idea, but I saw your highest performing video with seven signs your wife is cheating. Oh, yeah. I, I have some signs on my own, but for the young men that are out there, like you said, <clears throat> in your experience, um, you, you just totally um, T-boned you. You did not see it coming. Yeah. Totally surprised. So for the young men out there who are married and think their marriage is great, what are some signs they can look out for uh, just for FYI, just in case something like this can happen to them? Well, it was, um, you know, I was totally blindsided yet hindsight being what it is. You go, mm-hmm. oh, oh, makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why she did that thing. And that's why she said that. So mm-hmm. what are some of those things I saw? Um, there was gaps in time, which didn't make sense. Um, mm. So, for example, she's I'm going to a concert in a neighboring city with my friends and blah, blah, blah. And she'd be out of pocket and out of contact for hours, you know, and she's mm. got a husband and three kids at home. Why not just say, hey, everything's going good, everything having fun, but you know, three, four hours of don't contact and a text here and there, everything okay? Crickets. Doing yeah. all right? Crickets. And then all of a sudden, uh, I'll be back around midnight and she doesn't show up till two. Something doesn't add up. Well, dumb, stupid me at the time was just like, oh, well, she was out having fun. It is what it is. So, you mm-hmm. know, stack a half dozen of those kind of moments together and there's there's a something going on there. Um, right. Because it's difficult as a parent of so many children and with a career and everything to shoehorn an affair in there somewhere. So you gotta, you gotta, you know, make time there somewhere. So be it's looking amazing how they the find the time. It's amazing how they find the time. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. you know, uh, that's why I always kind of sigh and roll my eyes when uh, I'm talking to a man and the coaching and he will give me every sign in the world that his wife is, her attention is somewhere else. 
And he'll yeah. be just immediately go, nope, nope, not my wife. Mm-mm, no. Yeah. I said, why yeah. are you so sure? Well, I know my wife, number one, she would never do that. She's always been very adamantly anti-cheating. I said, yeah, mine too, but go on. And mm-hmm. then he said, and the most obvious is logistically, she has no time for that. She works and the kids and there's zero <laughs> minutes in the day. I'm like, there's always time. There's yeah. always time. Oh, Whether yeah. it's that lunch break that you're not there for, or she goes to the mm-hmm. gym or whatever, there's, there's always time. The PTO um, that she took that day. There's there so many go. days. Yeah. And now the, I guess a more general thing, we can talk about little behavior points of mm-hmm. what people do. And there's always excuses for that. Necess- this little bit of behavior doesn't necessarily point to cheating, such as being gone for an extended period of time. It could be, she just needs time away from the kids. She needs to yeah, decompress. Right, right. She needs whatever. It doesn't necessarily mean she's doing the hokey pokey with some dude. Um, more in a more broad sense. What are some things to look out for? Um, I hear so often of the wife's background is pretty toxic. The wife's childhood has a lot of bad things going on. She has a very difficult time coping. She brings all this, all this red flags and baggage to the, to the, uh, to the relationship. And Mm -hmm. the, uh, the affair is basically a means of coping. And sometimes it goes hand in hand with overspending. That's very common. I hear that, you know, I've just discovered my wife has a $50,000 credit card thing. I had no idea. Um, it could be overeating. Uh, my wife's gained a ton of weight and all these kind of things. The, the affair just goes along with that. I'm having a very difficult time coping with the normal, uh, banal nature of boring marriage. And I'm f- 40 years old. And I'm not getting any younger. And it's just powder keg of issues. And it just kaboom explodes. So right. in hindsight, you look back and go, man, I kind of saw this coming for the past five or so years of boom, boom, boom. And that's, I can relate to that. It was just this perfect storm of issues just all piled on. And then finally she exploded. Um, so be on the lookout for that kind of stuff. And, uh, it sounds, uh, it sounds kind of uh, boilerplate generic, but communication is very important within a couple. Mm-hmm. And, um, I compare my relationship now to what was then in the old relationship. And we're so hyper communicative, my wife and I, that boy, I'm not saying it's not possible, but mm-hmm. man, that would surprise the hell out of me considering how much we're so open about everything. What little thought is going in her head. If it's something that's veering towards a negative, we talk it out. Mm-hmm. Never did that in relationship number one at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. Same yeah. with me. Like we never, we couldn't communicate. We're waiting to talk and just talking over, over ourselves. And yeah. uh, with the relationship now, you know, it's definitely healthy, the most healthy relationship I've ever had. But um, I'll tell you, you and I are so similar in one regard, <laughs> not to interrupt, but you just had a child. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. And how's, how's mom and baby doing, by the way? I forgot to ask. Oh, they're doing great. Um, oh, uh, Max is uh, going on, what, two months now. And, Max, uh, I have a Max too. Awesome. Maximilian is his full name. Maximilian. Very cool. And Very cool. Uh, yeah, he's wonderful. And the mom's doing great. Um, she's still herself. We we're just exhausted. Like this past weekend that we all got sick and we didn't get COVID, Oof. but we were all sick. So imagine having like a sinus headache with a baby crying and it's three Ugh. in the morning. And I'm just like, Oh my God, but you get through that. it. But yeah. uh, we're, they're doing wonderfully. Thank you for asking. Well, good. Well, I have an 18 month old with my second wife. And mm-hmm. to say that the introduction of the new little one changes the dynamic between the two of you is an understatement. It's oh, yeah. you, you go from this prolonged honeymoon stage of these two adults and your non-kid time. Like you give the kids to mom and you two go out and just paint the town red and you go Mm -hmm. on a little weekend trip together and all that kind of stuff. And that changes dramatically once you're like, whoops, we got a new little one to take care of now. So got to be cognizant of that. Mm -hmm. And that's where the hyper communicative thing really, you know, is put to you. So you have to, uh, you have to stay connected. You do. 
You definitely do. Um, there were some signs I remember, not not with my direct marriage, but there were some signs I saw other men tell me about. Uh, and it's funny, you mentioned you had a nine, six-year-old and uh, you, the, the wife started acting reckless. This one particular case I knew, uh, it was about the, their kids were seven or eight. They were kind of dependent in a sense, were independent where they can just kind of move around, do their own thing. The mom lost a lot of weight. So now she's wearing clothes that she hasn't worn in years and she's 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 feeling sexy. She's feeling, uh, you know, like herself again. So she's mm-hmm. get this, she starts to get attention. Sure. And if you notice your wife, like if she went to work in a polo shirt and her hair back and hardly any makeup, then all of a sudden she's wearing thongs and she's dressing really nice and putting a lot of effort in her appearance. That's a kind of a red flag. Now, it doesn't mean that she can't have confidence, right? Everyone, you lose weight, you feel good about yourself. But if she starts dressing up and putting more effort into herself, that's kind of like something, okay, what's going on? Especially if you have a mm. dead bedroom situation. Yes. That And uh, we talked about making time. I knew of people that would, you know, go to lunch and go to somebody's house and just knock out a quickie in their living room and then just come back. Or, you know, the kids, especially, I call it the cheating season. When kids go back to school, now you have a home for eight hours to yourself. So you can just say you're working, just take the day off and just meet at yeah. somebody's house and do it. So there's so many ways. And, you know, I did some of those back in my day when I was a, a cheating husband. But there's a lot of signs out there, and especially the, the dead bedroom. If um, mm. all of a sudden she's kissing differently or wanting to do other things that you've been wanting to do for years. And now all of a sudden she's kind of like more frisky. That's another item to look for as well. But sure. Yeah, but there's, uh, been, there's been plenty of men that I've talked to who have uh, I talked to them and then they'll report. I have good news. All of a sudden, I don't know what it is, but my wife has just turned into a new human being and mm. she wanted to do this and she wanted to do that. And I think what you're telling me is having some benefit here. And I go, mm, yeah, hold on there, Tiger, because this this, s- this sudden switch flip like that, um, that didn't come out of nowhere. Something has pushed her buttons. Maybe mm-hmm. it's you. Maybe it's a scenario. Let's talk it through. And I tell you what, I don't want to say most of the time, but a lot of the time it's like, uh oh, something's up here. Something else has pushed the button and it ain't you and it ain't the kids and it ain't your family and everything. There's some outside influence there. Yeah. Now, um, I will caution people, though. You see this self-improvement in your partner and it, it does tap into some insecurities, especially if you've been this blob, nothing dude for, you know, a decade or more. Right. And you, you, you both have been this mutual blobness together. And then suddenly mm-hmm. one of you, the other one becomes this newly uh, attractive person that really taps into your insecurities. And um, oh, yeah. I always tell people your response better be. I'm joining you, sweetie. What are we going? Mm-hmm. Going to the gym? I'm. T- let's put the kids in the day- daycare. Let's get a babysitter. Yes. Let's go, go, go. Don't be the person that's just like, uh, <laughs> do what you got to do, whatever. That's not me. I'll be here on the couch waiting on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's one very sad <laughs> but um, completely realistic point that I've learned over the years of talking to dudes is that a couple with mismatched attraction levels like that is not sustainable at all. I agree. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Uh, On either side. You got your woman who's super hot and whatever. You know, I've had a couple of guys who their wife is literally a fitness model. Oh, my God. He's like 100 plus pounds overweight. And he just cannot believe that she would wander or that she would want to get attention. from. I'm like, dude, do you realize the tens of thousands of men, maybe even on a daily basis that reach out to this woman and say, you're hot, you're pretty, give me your number. (laughs) What do they say? Slide into your DMs or whatever. Mm hmm. And that's just on the internet, not to mention the guys at work, not to, uh, the guys at the gym. And here, and she yep. comes home to you 
and you're like sitting there on the couch burping or whatever and just and you're just exhausted because you work 60 hours a week and i get it but you got to snap to attention that can't last very long same thing for um i had a dude that i was talking to um a coaching client was very well to do and he had been like a chubby dude his whole life Mm-hmm. And then he gets my book and that kind of lit a fire under his ass. And he suddenly is losing a lot of weight and he's hitting the gym and he's dressing better in the whole nine yards. And I say, be careful, dude. I say, you're, um, you're this guy who's never really gotten attention and you're yep. wealthy. And now all of a sudden you're saying, here I am world. Don't be surprised if the women come knocking. He's like, well, I'm not like that. That's, that's not me. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> 30 days later. Yeah. 30 days later, he's in an emotional affair with some 20 some year old who slid into his DMs and said, hello, handsome. And he's like, oh, attention for I've never talked to a woman like this. And away they go. So, yeah, mm-hmm. none of us are immune to this necessarily. He just he didn't have those boundaries and that mechanism to keep that away. And he was put to the test and he caved like that. Yeah. That should especially if we've never got the attention before, especially because it's yes. a new feeling uh it's addicting and it, oh, it yeah. just lightens up the curiosity part of your brain like oh what if i can get that i wonder how she looks naked and then you start thinking all these thoughts because it's right there and you're not making hardly having to make any effort i'm speaking from experience because again you're right when you're married and with your kids and you're so busy you're too tired to make dinner at night so you're getting takeout you both tend to let yourselves go a little bit and get into this comfort space and when somebody starts losing weight, in this case, I started losing weight because, you know, I'm Hispanic and I don't want diabetes at 35. Like everybody else in my life, in my family, you know, we eat like shit, but we let ourselves go. I'm like, no, I don't want to I don't end up that way. So I started working out and I started getting attention from other women. I'm like, OK, I'm not like that. No, no. But my God, uh, women who it's, it's you know, there's a lot of ridicule and a lot of hate. Well, men cheat, men cheat. But nothing is really ever spoken about the women who are going for the married guy because they're out there and they see that their safety, whatever the persona they see, whatever attracts them. There are a lot of women out there that see a married man and go after it. I guess it's a test. Yeah, it's a game to them. But there I started getting so much attention. And just like any other man with, mm. you know, I caved. I caved There's eventually a- after a year or so. There's a couple of theories as to why that is. And you're not the first to point that out to say, I'm, I have a ring on my finger and suddenly women are flocking to me. Oh, um, yeah. You know, combined with newly looking better. Well, why is that? There's theory of um, this pre-selection, which is somebody already did the hard work to determine that this guy is worthy of marrying. Thank uh, you. I'll take it from here kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, the second is this assured mutual destruction kind of thing. If she's a married woman and she's looking to do something outside of her marriage, she'll go to an also married person, man or woman, because they're not going to want to leave. I don't want to leave. We'll get together. They're more, they're more apt to keep yeah. the secret. We both and have so, something to lose. So yeah. I know he's not going to shut his, he's not going to say anything, which don't yeah. play that game either. Because sometimes when people fall in love, they're ready to implode everything. Oh yeah. So don't the other do person's that. ready to, and then yes. the other person comes and says, uh, good news. I told my wife that I'm leaving her. Like, oh really? <laughs> like what? Wait, what? <laughs> I thought, thought we talked about this first. I'm not ready for that. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah, you, you, uh, as you know, you, uh, enter into a world of drama when you go down that road of the, uh, infidelity. It's just, uh, I, I'm sure people get away with it for mm-hmm. decades, but I don't know of anybody. No, it always ends bad. It's like one of those mobster Scorsese movies. It's, it's a great life. And then it just ends horribly at the end. You yeah. start getting the, uh, the low, low montage. flying overhead. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people 
people getting busted and lives ruined and, you know, yeah. divorces happening. But uh, uh, real quick, let's kind of rewind a little bit. And then we talked about the cheating piece, a uh, dead bedroom, because I know there's a lot of men. I was in that space as well uh, with a dead bedroom situation. And um, I'm going to ask you this question to see what your thoughts are. And then I want to go back to your ideas on how to resolve it. I had Caitlin V on my podcast a couple of weeks back. And she's a sexologist and she's a okay. big time YouTuber, 500K follower. She has her own uh, Discovery Plus show. And she reached out to me like, hey, I want to be in your podcast. Like, great. Sure. That's the big, one of the biggest Sweet. gets I've ever had. Yeah. So I brought up dead bedroom situation since she's an expert in that field. And she goes, OK, so let me understand the situation. You both love each other. Things are great. It's just there's no attraction in the dead in the bedroom. And uh, like there's nothing going on. Right. And I go, yeah, I get emails from men and women all the time asking how to resolve that. And she goes, well, I, I'm going to throw this out there. Have sex outside your marriage. Have a uh, consensual, monogamous, uh, polyamorous relationship and just have sex outside your marriage. Uh, people can try to be everything for their spouse. Mm. And sometimes you can, sometimes you cannot. But when you get to that point, 15 years into the marriage and you there's just you've done absolutely everything. There's just nothing there uh, to explore that option. She goes, you'd be surprised how much that works for a lot of marriages, And it's spoken ill upon because it's a taboo uh, solution, but it it does work for a lot of people. And I thought back to my end of my marriage, the ex-wife had presented Hey, instead of getting divorced, let's have an open marriage. Hmm. And I go, let me think about that. And I thought about it for a day. And then I thought, no, we are so in a bad place right now. Just throwing somebody else in this equation is going to just make it's a chemical mixture for a bomb. So I don't recommend it. But you, uh, Ralph, what are your thoughts on that as a possible option for some couples out there? Well, I have two, two uh, streams of thought here. One is that for me personally, no, thank you. Um, I am my nature. My personality is such where I'm a pretty monogamous person. Okay. Once, once I'm in the relationship with this person one-on-one, I, yeah, I can't fathom bringing others into it at that I level. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a very normal, innate feeling to have. I think I represent probably, probably the majority in that you know, jealousy is a thing for a reason yes. because, <laughs> um, to in- go out and have sexual relations with somebody else. Um, a lot of people, I think erroneously think we can keep it simple. We can keep it as a technical thing. I'm getting my needs met with this person over here and done. It's just the act. Sex is pretty complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a thing called pair bonding, which is I suddenly have feelings for this person. Men and women both mm-hmm. feel this. So a lot of people think erroneously that's a very womanly thing. No, men, I can go out and exactly. And next it's thing you know, you're like... Um, Suddenly this, uh, my spouse at home suddenly doesn't look so shiny and pretty anymore. And suddenly it's not so attractive. And I really don't, I don't look forward to coming home to them anymore, but I sure do like this one over here an awful lot. And I sure yep. So that's tough. Um, in theory, what she was saying, um, the sexologist makes sense. Uh, marriage, it could be argued kind of goes against our natural sexual makeup as human beings. There so. is a, there is a school of thought and I've, I've done videos on this and I'm friends with a, a, a psychologist who is a proponent of this. And I, I promote her stuff quite a bit. We've done online events together and stuff. Her, her name's uh, Dr. Samantha Rodman Whiten. She goes by Dr. Psych Mom. And there's also Esther Perel. Uh, Wednesday Martin is another author and there's a bunch of female authors. Let's keep that in mind. Female authors that have pointed out when in the confines and confined is the right word of a monogamous long-term relationship. Women will 
more often than not report, I'm just not that horny anymore. Uh-huh. All things being equal, he could be the greatest guy in the world. I can look across and go, he looks good. He's handsome. I recognize he's a handsome dude. I recognize he's a sweet guy. He's the best father in the world. He does all the domestic stuff. So mm-hmm. let's just get out that out of the way. He's, he's covered all the bases. He's checking every box there is. And if you sat that woman down and said, compare your libido, your sexual desire now to what it was when you were dating, when you mm-hmm. two were in the early honeymoon phase, she would say, then it was a 10. Now it's a one, two, if I'm lucky. Right. You go to the same, you go to the dude and you say honeymoon stage, 10. Now, 9.5. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Or just wired differently. So um, Mm -hmm. a lot of those books by your Esther Perel and stuff, they kind of take it to the next level of saying, you know, if being a a woman and sexual in a long-term relationship is important to you, you may want to look at this whole open marriage thing a little bit. You may want to look at this polyamory thing a little bit because we women seem to be wired for that. We seem to get really mm-hmm. bored when it comes to this monogamy thing. Now, yeah. there, of course, there's, there's, some, there's, there's science behind that. There's something going on there. Um, mm-hmm. But is the, is the ultimate resolution just go get your jollies met elsewhere? Or are there things that you can do within the confines of your relationship to keep the spark alive? And that takes us back to your tips. (laughs) And so I would say in in my book, as far as from the man's perspective, yeah, there is. There's things such as, and it seems so basic and simple, but a lot of men go, well, duh, why didn't I think of that? Which is, what did you do in the early stages of the relationship? I guarantee you've changed the old game plan up quite a bit after you got married, didn't you? And a lot of men swing the pendulum over to the uh, provider side of things. They mm-hmm. say, I'm dropping the whole lover side of things. That's the two, the lover and the provider. I'm, I'm dropping that stuff. Who cares if I've gained 30 or 40 pounds? I'm a dad now. <laughs> I'm a husband now. Yeah. What's that matter? It matters. Um, yeah. I don't, I'm not flirtatious with other women or anything else. All other women are invisible to me. I don't care about any of that. La, 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 la. I'm not a sexual being anymore in that way. Well, that's mm. stuff. It's okay, in my opinion, to be yeah. a little open and flirty and fun with women. Don't take it yeah. to the next level. You know, have boundaries around yourself. But yes, other women exist. And other women yeah. find you attractive. That's called being a, an attractive human being. Um, there's all kinds of things that I lay out in the book. And the, the physical fitness is probably the biggest um, section I have in the book. And it is one that a lot of men get offended by. Ooh, really? Because, oh, very okay. much so. I've had men stop there, read that section and just go, don't like it. I don't like being told that I'm fat and gross. I don't like being told that, that this relationship is this shallow and, and stupid relationships are more than that. And you have, you know, bowled it down to something as archaic and Neanderthal like as looks. And I'm sorry, but I'm bigger than that. I've had a lot of men say, I'm a professor and I have all these PhDs and da, 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 da. And all that. I'm, be- I'm beyond going to the gym. And I say, this is <laughs> mother nature doesn't wow. give a shit about your PhD and your degrees. Yeah. Um, what is it that made you attracted to your partner to begin with? It was, oh, who's that woman over there? She's cute. And yeah. then she said, oh, he, look at him. Well, who's that over there? And she elbowed her friend and said, who's that? Why? The physical, you know? So that's why mm-hmm. I spend so much. And not only that, but going to the gym and exerting yourself and everything. It solves a lot of problems with your anxiety and your health and your confidence in yourself and everything. The attention you get from others. And mm-hmm. it's such a huge help. And that's why I start right with the book with that, as far as the solutions are concerned and why I devote so much time to it. It's, um, it's a game changer for so many guys in so many ways. And then there's a part of, um, 
there's all, we could go on and on about why this is, but there's very much the culture around marriages um, these days is the man and woman are on top of each other 24 seven. Yeah. Like we, <laughs> especially now we're working from home in these post COVID days and everything else. And we do everything for the kids. We live for the kids 24 seven kids, 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 mom, dad, mom, dad. And then everybody goes to bed and it's 10 o'clock at night and we're just exhausted and done. And uh, part of the solution is you need to get the hell out, dude, away from the family and away from the kids and do your own thing. God forbid. That was kind of a given for generations that dad's gone. Mm -hmm. Where's dad? Don't know. Mm -hmm. He's just gone. Hardware store. That's what my dad did. He went to the hardware store for like four hours (laughs) and and he really was gone because I was with him sometimes. And sure enough, he'd be shooting the shit with the boys at the hardware store for four hours. And um, but we a lot of guys just don't do that anymore. I don't have time. I got to take my kid to soccer practice and I got to do this. No, you don't mm-hmm. You know, carve some time out for yourself. Be an independent yes. dude with your own little mission, your own little, whatever it may be mm-hmm. something that is completely apart from the family unit. And uh, so there's two things right there. You work on your physicality and be, work on your own independence away from the family. And those are huge things. If you think about it, they kind of tiptoe towards becoming a new you And you're kind of tricking the system a little bit there, because when we go back to those books that I mentioned where they say, maybe you need to step outside of the marriage and get your needs met elsewhere. Well, what Mm -hmm. if your husband could become a, the new guy, so to speak, what if he could disappear and you introduce some of that healthy anxiety in the relationship? Like, where's my husband? What's he up to now? What's he doing? Hmm. And, uh, well, he looks suddenly he looks like, where'd he get those pants? Where do you get that shirt? <laughs> and this, this is the most, this is one of the funniest, uh, the, the phenomena that I see again and again. And I've had like, uh, uh, Dr. Psych mom mentions this, Samantha Rodman Whiten. She will say until she's blue in the face, um, you know, that going to the gym and getting buff and looking your best and lean, mean, and that really doesn't matter to us moms mm-hmm. and wives at all. It really, it's silly. I mean, good for you, but it really doesn't matter to us. And I'm like, uh-huh. And then mm-hmm. I asked this guy over here, so you lost 30 pounds, you hit the gym. What was life like before all that? And he says, well, I got laid. Maybe if I was lucky once or twice a month, maybe. Uh-huh. How about after that? Well, I've been keeping track on a spreadsheet. We did it 16 <laughs> times last month and the month before. <laughs> exactly. And, you, and if you ask that wife, she will deny, no, it has nothing to do with the fact of how he looks. It's nothing to do with him going to the gym. It has nothing to do with that. In fact, I don't like that he, he spends so much time away. I wish he would spend more time. And yet proof is in the pudding, so to speak. Here's Mr. Spreadsheet Man going, I don't know. I think I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I think it's working. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if I, I can throw in that guys who are listening to this, we're not saying you have to have, you know, a 300 six pack chiseled bodies. Exactly. You know, we're not yes. saying that. I mean, just be the healthiest version of you and uh, keep the weight off. Um, I've said many times with my tips on anybody's looking to get married, stay sexy for each other. You have to stay yep. sexy for each other. If that means um, going to the gym individually or together, you have to keep that 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 health in place because again guys the, the bigger you get that affects your blood pressure and that affects your erections yep. and if you get more fat down there it's going to shrink the dick because you got a lot of fat and pudge so it's like yep you you want to stay in your physical peak and overall it's better for your health and you have that constant confidence and women who are listening to this as well guys are visual i know you hate hearing that but it's the truth if you let yourself go and, you know, there's kids, we get that, you know, there's going to be a period of the marriage where it's not, you're not going to look your best, right? We all go through that. But after the kids are more independent and can go to school, there's time for you to get back to where you were. And if you let yourself go, ladies, 
uh, guys will leave you or cheat on you because guys are visual and you can be the greatest wife in the world. Just like uh, Ralph said, you can be the greatest wife in the world, the wonderful uh, mother, all this. But if you, there's no attraction there, uh, a lot of guys won't be able to perform or maybe we'll go elsewhere because yeah. and let me stop. that's you how we are. A lot of women listen to that and they interpret that as he wants perfection. No, he, he wants me to look like the fitness models that I caught him looking at on Instagram. He want that, the chick on the movies, he, you know, Wonder Woman, whatever her name is. Yeah. Uh, what's her? Uh, yeah. Anyway. Gail Godot. Uh, Gail Godot. They blew. Yeah. Gail Godot. Gail Godot. There you go. <laughs> whatever. So it's like, no, no. And I did a video about this. We don't want mm-hmm. perfection. We want effort because mm-hmm. it just inflates our ego and makes us feel validated and so good that I have a woman that recognizes us as a unit is so important that she's actually putting effort into maintaining her sense of self, her sexiness, her appearance, whatever, yes. whatever you want to call it, to keep us going. Yes. You know, how, you know how freaking rare that is? That is sad that that's rare. That I got a woman going out the door going, I better hit go to my yoga class so I can stay sexy for my husband. Music to our wow. ears. Oh my God. Holy shit. That is so it, rare. And sad that that's <laughs> rare. And, and we don't want that woman to come back looking like, you know, six pack, whatever. Mm-hmm. No. She just puts an effort. And mm-hmm. also an in effort into appearance of, you know, dressing sexy and acting flirty and sexy and feminine and bubbly and sweet and all that. None of that is perfection. It's just effort. Yeah. And it, uh, I don't know if you've seen this trend on TikTok where daughters are turning their moms into them. Yes. Have you seen that? It's, it's one of the, my favorite trends of 2022. And my God, some of the, the well, changes. Some of moms, and, geez. <laughs> my God, they're like gorgeous. But again, it's, it's like, just they look one way. They have. I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, but what, but what is that? That also illustrates that if they just uh, turn the youthfulness factor up a few notches, just how much everybody goes, oh, wow, look at that. Yeah. Same woman. And effort. Same body. Effort, yeah, like all you she said. does is just a little more revealing something. And you notice the demeanor of the mothers too when they march themselves out all spunky and happy yeah. and twirling and everything else. And it's like, that's what men love. Yep. And that's, uh, that's how we are. And again, it's all effort. Just kind of reinforce your point. And I, I want to say this because I, I know this will maybe trigger some women, but what I was saying about if you just let yourself go and you're not putting any effort into your appearance, uh, a guy will eventually go wayward because we need that physical beauty in front of us. I mean, whatever you were when we married, that's who we love. And I feel that both people, men and women, need to make that effort to stay physically fit in what they were for not only themselves, but to stay attractive to their spouse. And if anyone's listening to any woman's listening to this, a man can still love you and cheat on you. Mm. He can still love you and cheat on you. Emotionally, he knows you're a wonderful mother, you're a wonderful wife, but he's just not physically attracted to you. And he needs that. Some men do need that. In my case, I, I can speak for myself like, yeah, I loved her. But again, I wasn't getting a need and we're in a horrible place. Yeah. So that can happen. So despite what you're oh, feeling and right now, it can happen. Um, and it may be, um, obviously I'm a little biased being a dude saying this, but it's my opinion and the opinion of a lot of researchers as well, that men tend to be able to, um, uh, what's the word they keep the love, devotion, friendship, all that stuff that goes along with the, with the marriage. They're able to keep that at the marriage and get their physical need met elsewhere and keep the two separate. They, yeah. Going against what I said earlier, where, you know, jealousy is a reason is, is a thing for a reason, but men seem to be more wired to be able to keep the two worlds separate. And, mm-hmm. um, we've known this for generations with the, you know, prostitution is the world's oldest profession for a reason. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, we, uh, yeah. And so women tend to be, this is why 
if you have a wife who has stepped outside of the marriage and you discover that she had a physical affair with somebody, a lot of people, their knee jerk reaction is, okay, lawyer up because it's over, dude. And mm-hmm. uh, I would say more often than not, they're probably right because usually what coincides with that physical is also the emotion, emotional, emotional pair bonding and away they mm-hmm. go. Well, men yeah. seem to have a better, do a better job of keeping the two worlds separate. Not always, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, uh, we, we all know of that dude friend of ours who you go on a business <laughs> trip or something with him and he sneaks off with some woman. You're like, Oh my God, I can't believe he went with, and he never talks to the woman ever again. Mm-hmm. doesn't want to reach out to her or nothing. It was just a wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. And he's done. And he's back with his family. Let me ask you this. We're older guys now, right? We've been there, done that. Hmm. It, back when I was younger, if I was on that same trip, like you just described, and I saw one of my friends hook up with a girl, I would have said nothing. Now, as I'm older, I would call him out. I wouldn't tell his wife. I'm like, but I say, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? I mean, you're yeah, married, man. I mean, yeah. Nowadays, I'd probably pull him aside and say, what are you, what's up? Yeah. What's up with this? You know, you know what you're doing, dude? You know, yeah. you're going to get caught. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be my exactly. first thing. You know, you're going to get caught. You yeah. don't get away with this shit. And it uh, all surfaces eventually. Someone like you just said, a simple mistake is not logging out of a, of a computer or forgetting to delete a text message. Some, it, some minuscule thing like that is going to implode your entire world. So why risk it, man? If you're that unhappy, just have the conversation with your Mm. wife. Hey, I I need this from you and I'll do what I can to work it. I'll go to counseling, make an effort before going that route and not even, don't even go that route. I mean, just file and leave because you don't want the, uh, consequences of that to surface. And then she goes on the social media tirade and calling you out as a cheater. Nowadays, especially on TikTok, we see that as well. You don't want to go down that route. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough tough for men to balance that uh, innate physical need for that physical connection with a woman sex Mm -hmm. um, with the marriage. And when that goes down, I mean, like I've always said, um, this, this world of pornography which is so huge right now. And I often mm-hmm. joke that I could, I have an infinite amount of pornography at my fingertips, so to speak for absolutely free from now until the day I die. Mm-hmm. Yet men still pay for the stuff. They still get on your <laughs> only fans and they still <laughs> men are some horn dogs, dude. And, the, and yeah. the market is reacting to the need. The market is here's yes. we recognize, we recognize the need. Here's the product. Prostitution, same things, massage parlors, all this other stuff. Um, mm-hmm. They're all there. And there are some cultures where it is understood that um, the woman, especially postmenopause and stuff, that the sexy side of the relationship is done. Mm-hmm. And the women turn a blind eye to the fact that the man has a gumar or a, a little, a, a, you know, a girlfriend on the side. And mm-hmm. um, it's just the way it's been for a lot of cultures for generations. Uh, mm-hmm. This, this, um, hypervigilance to monogamy is relatively new in the marriage world. There's been uh, our grandparents and great grandparents had a thing going on and they kind of sort of knew about it, but no one talked about it kind of thing. That's it's uh, in popular culture yeah. these days. It's very much unheard of. They ignore that piece, but just acknowledge they were married 60 years. Oh, well, that's what you want. But do you really want that? Cause they were miserable and they hated each other <laughs> at the end. Well, if we're going down a rabbit bedrooms. hole of- yeah, we're going down a rabbit hole of what exactly is it that kept those uh, couples together all those generations ago. And the more you look into it, the, the nastier it gets, because it really yeah. is. It's it's a, it's um, on the woman's perspective is because they had no choice. There, there was no options in life. They stuck right. it out mm-hmm. and they were they were miserable. They, they were unfulfilled. 
but they had their two, three kids in their house. They, they can't just pick up and leave. What are they going to do? There's no career. There's no, there'd be a social pariah. Everyone would be, no one wants a single mother back then and so forth. So they're stuck. Yeah. Now society has kind of made that shift a whole lot simpler and mm-hmm. voila. Oh my goodness. We have so many more divorces. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's good or bad. It just is. Now, divorces, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, we've seen the sound bites, the Kevin Samuel bites and the Fresh Fit. Everyone loves stats, right? And they say, well, 80% of the time, women mm-hmm. are the ones that file for divorce. And one, that may be true, right? Well, of course, that may be true. But I always rebuttal with, well, okay, well, 80% of them may have filed. But I promise you, maybe of that 80, 40% of those husbands were garbage and abusive. <laughs> So they left them no yeah. choice but to file. So what do you expect? So it goes both ways. So I, uh, sure. one, you know, so in your experience, I mean, have you seen that or like, uh, what do you think of that stat when you hear women file for divorce 80% of the time so don't get married? Well, what does that tell you being that we've been through that journey? Like, what do you respond? How do you respond to that? Um, I, I think it's a little bit more uh, sinister in that um, we, especially amongst your more conservative religious types, we have this, this notion that, Getting married and having kids is a given. Um, right. That was something that was always pushed on me as a kid. It's just just what you do, mm-hmm. you know. And it, often when I hear, I'm these, sorry, that's a great point. I never thought of it that way, but you're right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't do. mean to interrupt, but that's a no, awesome no. And, and I talk moment. to and I talk to these men that are incredibly toxic relationships with a woman who, by virtue of of hindsight being what it is, we look back and go, this woman's had problems from day one. What were you doing getting married to this woman and having kids with her? And they just say. That's what you do. That's what you do. You know, she was my girlfriend. We were 18. We graduated high school. We're moving out of high school. Well, let's get married. We're going off Mm -hmm. to college together. Let's get married. We're done with college. Let's get married. No one ever pulled these men aside and said, you know, you don't have to. You can kind of play the field for a while. You can Mm. go through your whole 20s and 30s without getting hitched if you wanted to. You can wait till later. No one says that ever. So we have this, this cultural imperative for many of us to, it's just what you do. It's just what you, you just get married. Well, and what we're learning is when you when you take down those boundaries around this this construct of marriage and you make it easier to cut ties, I think a lot of people go, eh, women especially, it seems, for whatever reason, go, maybe this isn't necessarily for me, at least not with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in other words, it's a long-winded way of saying, um, I personally don't think that marriage is for most of us. Boy, that's a terrible thing. A lot of people hear that and go, holy shit, dude. That's, mm-hmm. that's how ingrained this concept of the culture of marriage is in our society. To just say that makes people stand back and go, wow. No, I think it's for a relatively small portion of us. I agree. Because it, it takes a certain personality, skill set, and everything else to pull it off and make it work from now until the day you die. Because that's when I talk about marriage, that's what I mean. A lifelong mm-hmm. commitment. Mm-hmm. Not a five-year dump, go to the next one, another right. five years, dump them. That's not marriage. Um, that's serial monogamy. Um, <laughs> which I would I would... I would pose that that's probably what the majority of us are wired for, which is you go through the honeymoon Mm. stage, you fall in love, you do everything else, you procreate with somebody and then your eye starts wandering and then you're like, uh, let's just call it quits and go on to the next one. That seems to be what what most of us are kind of naturally wired for as horrible as that sounds. Um, And I would agree with you on that because like there's like, again, I think based on your creed culture and how you were brought up and how you view love and marriage, speaks a lot to your foundation and core values. So I think that has a lot to do with it. But uh, when you start seeing kids who are grown up in single parent households or maybe mom and dad were toxic, uh, you're seeing a lot of people 
provided a horrible example of what marriage and a love foundation is and what should be. And I think, as you mentioned earlier, kind of plays into how we view love and how we view marriages and such like that. So I I truthfully believe that, but I believe uh, social media also has um, done a lot of harm with giving people the idea of what marriage is supposed to be like. You see, what like it should be, yeah. What it should be like: a couple looking beautiful on these trips and taking these photos and kissing on the beach and all this other bullshit. That's not marriage. That's just Instagram posts. That's maybe one percent of what it actually is like. But I think a lot of people. The reason why a lot of divorces happen. I think a lot of people tend to get married for the wrong reasons. For one, and don't understand what marriage is. Too. Uh, like I know, I know too many people who, like you said, I'm supposed to get married. Uh, you're supposed to go to college. You're supposed to find somebody in college and then get married in 25, start your career, have kids. Fuck that template. You know, fuck it. Just go do your own thing and just kind of do with what makes you happy. Because I think people go in not understanding what they've walked into. And well, marriage is hard. There's, there's, in-laws that pass away. One of the hardest moments of my marriage was telling my four-year-old daughter, Nana died. Mm. And, and how my wife changed after the death. And I remember I was so insecure and stupid. I was actually angry that she changed. Six months later, get over it. And I want my old wife back. I remember having animosity yeah. toward that. How yeah. stupid is that? And I, I, I'm calling myself out. I, that's how I felt. Because I mm. wasn't understanding of what all the events, because it's a lot of good things. You can play by the rules and go what you're, you think you're supposed to do and nothing's bad's going to happen. No, bad things will happen and things change. And if you're not ready to adopt, adapt to that change, you're not ready for it. Yeah. You know, all of this, we're kind of, we're painting the picture of marriage being relatively hard, difficult, which it oh. is. And yeah. um, if that's the case, and we all know this, and I think if I would have asked any person at any generation is marriage difficult. You probably, you know, pull a guy aside and they would all probably say hundred out of hundred. <laughs> yeah, that's tough, dude. Yeah. Well then what's, what's the push? What do you think society is pushing us in that direction so much the culturally? Why? Um, hmm. one thought is that marriage is best for the kids. Um, mm -hmm. having a mom and dad under the roof is best for kids. And most of us have this, um, physical and mental, uh, I don't know if compulsion is the word push to procreate. We just want to have kids, especially women. I'm getting close to 30. I got to have kids. You know, the baby rabies. That, that's a very real wall, thing. As they say now, the wall. No, the, when hitting the wall. As they say. <laughs> so so you're getting, you're getting close to that point. I got to procreate. It's almost my, my fertile moment is almost over. Um, mm -hmm. So I can understand that. that. And then we marry with that. Um, okay, since we want to have kids so badly, what's the best way to raise these kids? Well, we need a mom and dad under the same roof. Cool. We have that. Plus a more interesting and insidious way of looking at it is marriage also keeps us in line, especially men. Um, if you got a guy who never, without the, I've talked to these men, I know these men without the construct of marriage, they would never see a naked woman. <laughs> <laughs> so we have those men. I never men. thought of it that way. <laughs> so we have to, we've seen in very bad ways, what happens to those men when they, when they're cast aside by society, these, mm. these, uh, untouchables, these, uh, what's the term they use incels. Yeah. You've heard of this involuntary celibate guys, mm -hmm. the guys that uh, it, we keep dangling the carrot in front of these guys saying, you know, the key to your happiness is relationships and women and sex and everything mm -hmm. else. And they and never money can, and, and they never can get it. 
that yeah. they, it's always out of reach. And uh, what happens is that those men end up going into a school with a gun and into a shopping mall or mowing down a bunch of people with their cars. So we recognize, I think for generations ago, they recognize we got to keep these dudes in line. Here's your woman. You know, please don't, you know, please don't mm -hmm. go around destroying society. Here you go. So that keeps those men in line. It also mm -hmm. keeps men in line who go around banging women left and right and leaving babies everywhere. You know, yeah. that's not good for society either. Please don't do that. Here's mm -hmm. your one woman. Stick with this one woman from now until the day you die. Society mm -hmm. overall benefits. And then there's the economic benefits. You know, you get a man and woman together. They end up spending a hell of a lot more money than uh, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there was a meme that went around that showed uh, this is a single apartment of a guy who uh, doesn't have a woman. And it just showed <laughs> I, the woman posted on Twitter or something saying single men live like this and they honestly see nothing wrong with it. And it was like a recliner in front of a TV in an empty room. And that was it. And, and a men all that's all we need. <laughs> and men were all like, yeah, that looks awesome. It looks perfect. Mm -hmm. And um, without marriage, I think that's probably like 90 percent of dudes. And yeah. so uh, there goes the furniture industry. There goes this industry, the appliance. <laughs> we don't need any of that shit. <laughs> um, women are the chief point. spending officers within, within, the, uh, within the relationship. And um, mm. so there's the economic, there's the children, there's the keeping men in line. It could be argued keeps women in line as well. Instead of going out and making babies with everybody, here's your one man. So mm -hmm. I can see the push and I can see why, you know, conservatism in general is basically conservatives are saying, we have all this shit figured out. You don't have to go and try and recreate the wheel. We got to, mm -hmm. you know, quit trying to go out and, and adjust and change and do it. You're just causing chaos everywhere you're going. Man, woman, get married, have kids and sh shut the F up. Mm -hmm. That's basically that. Well, the problem is that doesn't work from what I've seen for the majority of us. We can yeah. try to shoehorn ourselves into that and try like hell to make it work and say, I think I'm one of the chosen ones that can make it work. And this half of us go, oh, fuck, that didn't. That ended yeah. horribly. Who saw that coming? Well, if you stop and really look at the situation, anybody saw it coming. You picked this person with all this toxic baggage. You have all this toxic baggage. You put you two together and voila, of course you have problems. And then that's a generational thing because guess what your kids are going to do? And yep. guess what their kids are going to do? Yeah, it's just a Cycle. shit show. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Uh, you mentioned the conservative approach and like how the marriage should look and be. I will rebuttal with, let me ask you, that's, that's not a rebuttal. Let me ask you this. At 45, I've known over 25, maybe 30 couples who've gotten married all since up, since my teenage years till now, right? Almost 98% of them are divorced. Oh, wow. I have, I cannot give you, maybe there's one good example of a marriage that they're happy. Uh, but I can't give you up more than that. And in, in, in not without going into like my mom and dad and, they were married 42 years and my dad just passed, but you know, it wasn't a pretty marriage in the eighties. Right. But I can't name one couple my age that is happily married and they're doing great. And I look at them and say, you know what? That's the model I want my marriage to look like. Mm. Can, do you have any like uh, references in your life? Maybe you do. I mean, I do, you're yeah. married now. I mean, outside of your own, but do you see other couples like, yeah, that they're a wonderful marriage. That's what, you, what it should be. Cause I I've I, never I, seen I, it. Yeah, I know a handful of them, but you're right. The majority of them, you just kind of sit back and go, oh, Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, I know a couple. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's good. I mean, because I think people, if they saw more of that, maybe uh, thoughts on marriage wouldn't be a certain way. Yeah. Because right now, yeah. um, there's the MGTOW men going on their mm -hmm. own, which is, I think, tied. 
I don't know. I don't know the, the definition, you know, Webster, Webster's dictionary, but I don't know if it's tied to incels, but men more or less are seeing that marriage in itself as a structure. There's no benefit to us if it doesn't work out. So they want to change the rules, the court laws and all those other items. And then I guess come back when they change and then re-meet women. I don't know. Is that the plan? I don't know. They're going to go to an island or somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, what are your thoughts on the MGTOW movement with uh, with men? I did a little video about it where um, I often speak in like analogies, metaphors, what the proper term is. But yeah. um, it's kind of like this. I say, uh, pretend there's a guy that goes to a party and he's at the party and he goes, man. And he had really high hopes for this party. And he, he wants to go have fun and meet new chicks. And he goes and he's like, man, the food sucks. The people suck. The conversation sucks. <laughs> and he goes out the front door. And before he leaves, he turns to everybody and says, your party really sucks. And he points out everything that sucks. And he goes, I'm out of here. Bye. And slams the door. Mm-hmm. And then he comes back again and knocks on the door and they go, yeah. And he goes, and another thing. And he says, you know, your, I said in my little story that I went to your bathroom and the towels in your bathroom suck and you, the kitchen, you have cheap food <laughs> and your, your wine sucks. And the, and he leaves and he keeps coming back. That's what I see with these MGTOW guys is there's a, there's a phrase from Shakespeare, doth protest too much, which mm. means, um, you're going on and on about this, which is showing that under the surface, you're really bothered by the fact that this party, the marriage, whatever, didn't quite go the way you wanted it to. And, uh, or you weren't invited to the party for some of these guys. Or, um, if, if the MGTOW movement, I think were to get legs and really, um, be more positive, it would be that they would say, you know what, the marriage thing, good for some of you. I hope you can make it work, but I'm going to go over here and do this and Mm -hmm. lead a positive single life of whatever, be fruitful, be yes whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it date. If they date, they date. If not, they don't, but they're still happy. But instead, as they keep coming back to the party of the marriage, so to speak, and going, and another <laughs> thing, and they can't shut the fuck up about it. Nope. And I go, guys, you're doing this all wrong. As a marketing dude, the message is just, it's, it's all squirrely. This ain't going to work. You can't keep, you're just doth protest too much. You're showing your hand too much. You're showing that you're just, uh, you're hurt. Bitter. You're bitter, you're bitter. and hurt, angry. Exactly. Yeah. That's the word. And uh, which I understand, um, you know, for a lot of these guys, they feel left out by society. The society just give them a big middle finger. Some of them, it was I was married and blah, 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 and cheated on and divorced. And now I barely see my kids and I lost 80 percent of my money. Well, shit, who wouldn't be bitter after that? Mm-hmm. And um, so instead of saying um, I'm going to go do my own thing and stuff, they keep coming back to the rest of us, some of which are perfectly happily married saying, look at you. What's the term? A uh, chump, a simp. Look at you. Yeah. Uh, the simp, simp is yeah. what they say. Um, you know, you're a simp being married thinking this is going to last. I'm sure your wife's cheating on you with four different men and everything else. They're just very angry, bitter dudes. I guess in concept, I get it. Especially when listening mm-hmm. to some of these stories, I'm like, shit, who wouldn't be a MGTOW go your own way type of dude. But yeah. the, uh, the message and the, the, the method in which they get it across is all wrong. I think. I couldn't agree more, but it speaks volumes when, again, there's, there are those horror stories, right? Men were just screwed over, whatever, whatever. But then you have you and I who were heartbroken and, you know, I don't go into too much detail with my divorce, but you know, the ex-wife wasn't an angel and we went through horrible events, lost everything and came back better men. So if it, if it's, there's something there, you can either use that horrible event that loss and use it oh, as yeah. a metamorphosis of something greater yeah. like the Phoenix rising from it, or you can just dwell in self pity 
and loathing and have that anger toward your ex-spouse. And maybe she did cheat on you. And you, you know what? You didn't deserve it. I'm sorry that happened, but you got to move the fuck on, dude. And yep. maybe do a little yep. self-analysis and say, was I a good husband? Was I attentive? Because maybe you think you were, but maybe you weren't. And just take that experience and learn from it. And I think that with the MGTOW and maybe the insult, uh, I know that's another dynamic, but in the same ballpark, I, I get the hatred. I get that. Uh, but you got to look into yourself, man. The, the world doesn't owe you shit. <laughs> it doesn't owe you a damn thing. You have to go and earn it. And uh, that's uh, through change. And if you're the same person you were as a kid or a 20, and now you're 35 and still thinking the same way, guess what? You haven't evolved and changed your mindset. You yeah. always got to learn new things and change who you are. And if you're not doing that, uh, well, th you're just destined a, to fail, man. More to that point, there is a, a, a um, disturbing statistic that came out from OkCupid, okay you know, the dating website, yeah. they, pub mm -hmm. they published all kinds of really cool data and they had a blog about it and they had since taken it down. I guess it was a little bit too controversial because they showed some not so good stuff behind the scenes about the dating online oh, yeah. dating landscape. And one of them was they were able to determine who was considered to be attractive by the amount of uh, interactions and views on, on your profiles and stuff. And uh, when you looked at the, the span of, or the, the, the plot points, if you will, the chart showing what women were attractive, it was what you would expect was the normal distribution, the parabola, which shows most are in the average category. And then we have the small tail of super attractive and super unattractive. And mm -hmm. then you looked at the men and you're like, Oh Jesus Christ. I think it was 80 some odd percent were considered below average in attractiveness, according to women. Mm. Okay. So women say the vast majority of men in online dating are not attractive, not worthy of my time. Well, men say mm -hmm. most women are average and then what you would expect. So a lot of men go, Jesus, why even try then? Yeah. Right off the bat, the chances are I'm unattractive to the, in the eyes of most women in online dating, for example. Well, that's but terrible. Did you try or you just didn't try because of what you read? Bingo, bingo. So do you take that information and you have the winner mentality, kind of a winner loser if we want to break it down and make it, you know, super simple. The winner mentality of, well, looks like I got my work cut out for me. Let's get to it. What is it yeah. I can do to join the top 20? Mm -hmm. Or do you do what a lot of men do, which is, ah, oh, fuck it. This is just one of several things that have told me in a roundabout way. Just bow out of the game, dude. Just step away. It ain't worth it. Which I'm like, fine, then get the hell out of the way if that's your, you know, if that's your stance. But mm -hmm. what I've seen is they don't necessarily get out of the way. They, they stand their ground and, and, and piss and moan a lot about this, basically, is what I'm seeing, about how um, it's not fair. Yeah, it's called life. It's life's not fair. Yeah. There's, yeah. The old, uh, there's the old Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule, where yeah. the, the, you know, 80, 20% of people within a certain whatever it may be, any kind of shit, you play sports and you put a team of five versus five in basketball. Most of the time you go, there's always, there's usually like two guys that stick out from the rest and the rest are kind of, eh, but there's always two superstars on the court. They get all the points and all the rebounds. It's mm -hmm. life in general. We notice that yep. with the economy, with sports, with dating, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the, of that basketball analogy of the eight that aren't very good, what percentage of those will go, well, I guess I better practice a little harder. I guess mm -hmm. I better show up a little earlier to the gym and do more drills and shoot more free throws and everything else while the rest <laughs> just go, eh, fuck it. I'm never going to play anyway. I'll just be sitting yeah. on the bench. Who cares? There's my jersey coach. I'm quit. <laughs> it's like, come on. Um, I, I love that analogy. Like you said, uh, going back to you, you said like, guys, I'm not even going to try because 80% of men, quote unquote, are unattractive to women. Instead of thinking of 
fuck it, you know, forget it. I'm just not giving it a try. How about saying, okay, well, dating apps may not be the best platform, so I'm going to work on my personality and meet people organically, like old school. Yeah, try why that. not? Why not? If you're going to think that way, I mean, but to kind of uh, go back to that point, I, I did a live on my YouTube channel where my, my old Match account, it's still not active, but I can still log in. Oh, really? And, you yeah. know, check things out. So what I did is I pretended I was a woman and started filtering for men oh, and I had geez. a bunch of women on my live. And I go, let's, let me evaluate some men's profiles. And the video's still up if you want to check it out. I'll tag it in the uh, link below. Yeah, yeah. And 80%, I'd say, of the men's uh, profiles were garbage. Oh, sure. They had lazy uh, photos, which were just selfies they took all wearing the same shirt like they just took it that day in front of the mirror. And grammatically, the profiles were just horrible. Some came out with a tonality being like bitter and angry. And, uh, I deserve this and that. This is what I want. Don't waste my time. I mean, if you look, think of yourself as an Amazon product, guys, if you're going to go on a profile, any app, take some great pictures, highlight your best features. If you have a great smile, women love a smile and put your personality on paper, try to make them laugh, do something that helps you stand out. Cause if you put zero effort on your profile, you're not going to get no results, especially with the yep. amount of availability and men out there. So you got to do your best oh, yeah. to be the best you and presenting yourself in the best light. And a lot of them weren't doing that. So when I hear that stat, based on my experience and what I've saw going on on match.com, it makes sense because they're not making efforts. They think, well, I'm a nice guy. They'll see that. No, motherfucker, you got to go put the best you out there, man. Put some effort in your photos. So (laughs) to the point of I'm a nice guy, um, did a video on this recently where I say so many guys, especially post-divorce, been uh, been with this woman 15, 20 years. Now I'm suddenly divorced and now I'm out in the single world. They bring that married relationship dad energy out into the dating world where it does not belong at all. Yeah, you they can't go, do that. I'm a great, sweet guy provider. And the women are like, <laughs> <clears throat> uh, cool, but uh, <laughs> what else mm-hmm. you got? And the guy's like, what do you mean? What else do I got? I'm a great, sweet guy provider. <laughs> Isn't that worth yeah. something? And I've talked mm-hmm. to these dudes who say they, they comment on my videos and stuff saying, um, uh, it's been three years in online dating and I've gotten exactly zero out of it. Well, dude, I think three years of data is enough to show you're putting a product on the market and the market, mm-hmm. the market is responding with a big fat yawn. It's yeah. time to change the product up a little bit. Don't you think? God makes sense. I mean, if you go three months of like, they have subscriptions, right? You buy three months worth 80 bucks, whatever it was back in the day, no hits. Okay. What went wrong? Let's, let's do an audit. <laughs> let's take a look and see what we can do to change it up. But I don't know. It's just, it's a very tired mindset with a lot of these young men, which it, it just, it, it astonishes me sometimes. Cause I remember I first saw it uh, in the dating world when I went out, you know, I had no friends on meeting all these new people. And I met a lot of guys who were very uh, wishy-washy or pushovers. And th- there was not a lot of masculinity out there. And when I hear men not wanting to try young men, I guess it kind of correlates and makes sense. I just don't know what the difference is between generations. And I know that can go in another hour, but I do see a lot of men who aren't willing to fight for it. I'm getting angry like Rocky, man, fight for it. If you want to go get it, it's right there. If you know what you're worth, go get what you're worth. Go, just go get it. But a lot of them are willing to try. It just blows my mind. Sorry. I yelled at you. <laughs> no, well, but um, no, I get it completely. Now it's frustrating in, in the defense of some of these guys though. Um, they've been shit on so much by life in general that yeah. they look at um, what's the end game. The, the common phrase is, is the juice worth the squeeze, right? I've never heard that phrase. I'm going to you write that not? down. Is the juice <laughs> worth the squeeze? Meaning uh, am I gonna, if I put in all this work, let's say there's a guy who's like, I got to lose weight. 
and I get a, my career sucks. You know, I'm a garbage man, no offense to garbage men, but I want to get a better career. And, I, and he creates this objectively better, attractive version of himself. Yes. And a lot of these guys' minds, then what? Now I'm attracting what exactly? And they look at the pool of available women candidates and they say, oof, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, some of these guys live in pretty terrible areas and maybe their uh, their population of available candidates is relatively low. You live in a major metropolitan area. You don't have to uh, deal with that. But I know some guys, uh, I live in a town of 200 people. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, Jesus Christ, I do too. good luck, dude. Um, yeah. So move. They got a something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. At some situations, I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, that's it. Go ahead. Yeah, some situations are dire, and um, I'll, I'll I'll pivot to that and say, you know what? Every problem, there's a solution. I've met many women on TikTok that you know do the same thing, and they live in towns where you know they, what they're looking for is not there, so they're flying to meet other people. They're 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 taking weekend trips to meet some people for weekend dates. So there's always an option. There's always other things you can explore. And if your town is only 200 people, well, consider yeah, moving. A, uh, maybe do that. Because is that t- where you would want to raise a family? I mean, uh, yeah. think, think long term. Go ahead. Uh, TikTok sent me down a rabbit hole of uh, there's this whole world of men, young men too. Not And right away you think probably not very attractive, socially awkward men. No, these were attractive youngish men who have, by their estimation, have discovered that the pool of female candidates for dating is way better in places like Colombia and Thailand. Oh, passport and, bros or something like that. Thank you. Passport bros. That's what they call yeah. themselves. And mm-hmm. so you watch this and there's something to that. And, uh, having, I, I'm a child of a, of a European and my wife is from Europe and stuff. So we have an international flair and we've been to, we just this past summer, we did a European tour. Very um, nice. Yeah. For you guys that are uh, stuck in the middle of nowhere, get the hell out and go out and see the world. Mm-hmm. Um, that has a bit of a stigma of these sex starved men going out to prey on these third world women and <laughs> let that go in one ear out the other. There's so many different cultures out there and different women and different whatever. Just see and explore it all. Yeah. And I, I laugh when I see that because what they're forgetting is that, OK, if you had a horrible dating experience with modern women in your space your entire life, guess what? Going to another country, the problems is you. No matter where you go in the world, you're still the problem. So if you didn't have success in one country, you may have better success, but you're still you. And this you're coming true. off as very entitled and I deserve this. So I couldn't find what I want. The U.S. couldn't give you a woman. So you're yeah. going to another country. That's what you're fucking doing, man. Come we're, on. A, we're a pretty diverse population here in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> it blows my mind. Now, but, my the, mind. but there is the point of... Uh, and. Uh, Boy, this is a good segue into talking about your video and mine, where we did yes. the little experiments. Yes. There is, the, there is the mindset of the, quote, Western woman, which is a way overused term, whatever that means, um, mm-hmm. being very entitled. And uh, why put in work into the relationship? Why put an effort into making myself a better woman, girlfriend, wife, whatever it may be? Mm-hmm. I'm the woman. I'm the prize. I mm-hmm. think there's something to that. I think um, that that notion didn't come out of nowhere. And I think these men see that more so in the United States, for example, than they go to a place like Colombia, where they simply get off the plane, go to some random cafe and, you know, two pretty girls mm-hmm. come up and start chatting them up. And mm-hmm. uh, they're not prostitutes. They're just normal girls. And you think, what the hell yeah. is this all about? And they're beautiful. And they treat them like a normal person and they don't mm-hmm. act entitled. And these men are like, this is extremely attractive. I like this. 
So mm-hmm. they got a point. I can totally see where they're coming from. Yeah. Um, my wife is uh, European, but she's German. They're not the most <laughs> warm people. <laughs> but um, but there is, but she does have a different sense of sensibility about her for sure. And she'll be the first Italian. She's been on my podcast before where she says she's kind of scared of American women. She says, boy, there's some, there's some tough women. And they're very much, um, she's had some women, uh, her friends tell her, uh, Point blank. No, I don't, I don't perform oral sex. Why would I do that? And my wife's like, really? And they're like, oh yeah, no, I don't No. So there's some kind of cultural thing there. I don't know what it is. And we can start talking a little bit about that and what we both found. And I'm not quite sure how to interpret it. If it's, um, accountability is the term, if lack of effort is the term or what it is. Okay. Well, let me, that's a good one. We'll, we'll, we'll end the podcast with this topic because it's a great one. And I, I get, it both gave us a lot of hits and recognition. I think my last video yeah. At four million views is what it was. So the experiment was this: uh, cheating. Why I, I created two videos: why your husband cheats and why your wives cheat. And I posted them the same day, the same background, the same reasons. And the the reasons, from what I recall, was you let yourself go. Uh, the other one is uh, you weren't making an effort. But more or less, all four reasons were the same one, just changing from man to woman. That's all I did, and I wanted to see what the response was. And the video went viral. It was, I was tagged. I was stitched. I was called like a, a, an enabler of cheating. How dare you? Blah, blah, blah. So a lot of women hated me. And that particular video, why your husband's cheat, I think it shot up to a million while the why your wife's cheat only got 200 K views. And the response from the women again was hate. And like, well, if he's unhappy. He can leave, you know? And I'm like, wow, you're not really making efforts. I mean, what if he hasn't cheated on you yet? And he just, wants to try new things and you don't want to do it. Like, no, he can, if he's not happy, he can go. While the men were saying, wow, thank you for the insight, Rudy. I learned a lot. I'm going to be a better husband to my wife. Thank you for the insight, giving me the heads up before something bad happened. So that shocked me. I, I saw men saying, wow, taking accountability. Granted, they haven't done nothing wrong yet, but they acknowledge that, hey, I'm on this path. I better do something before she goes wayward because I love her. While millions and millions of women were stitching and just spewing hate. And saying, you know, men are this, they can leave. That was the the results of my experiment. And you did the same thing. You were inspired by that. And you, what was your experiment about? Mine was, um, and I will admit right off the bat before people jump all over me, it was relatively flawed experiment. This isn't a scientific, okay. you know, published right. in the Journal of American Medicine kind of thing here. So um, <laughs> this was TikTok, Jesus Christ. But um, <laughs> basically I posed the question of if your significant, significant other came up to you and said, um, I'm no longer physically attracted to you, how would you respond? Mm. Now, I worded it differently for both because at first I made them exactly the same to put you behind the scenes a little bit. And then I looked at it and I said, yeah, I know what's going to freaking happen is everybody's going to say, no one would talk to a woman like that. That's not very realistic. You need to soften it a bit. Mm. And so I did. And I put up front of the woman's um, wife. You're my best friend in the whole world. You're an excellent mother. I love you to death. But, and then I put this in there, which I said, ever since the baby came into the picture, you've gained a ton of weight and I'm oh. no longer, and I'm no longer physically attracted to you. I'm sorry. Mm. And, uh, Women jumped all over that mm-hmm. ever since I had the baby, excuse me, they got a point. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a touchy point, but guess what? It's also realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mentioned in a follow up video, obesity is a problem, especially here in the States. And if you were to poll the majority of women who are obese and say, when did your problem start? They'd say after having a baby, it yeah. was very tough physically, hormonally, mentally, blah, blah, blah. And 20 pounds became 30, became 40, became a hundred pounds. 
Mm. It happens. And uh, for men, I obviously left out the baby part because men don't have babies. But I did say um, I didn't also upfront say anything nice. I just said you've gained a lot of weight. Um, yeah, I think I did put in there. I'm worried about your health, but I'm no longer physically attracted to you. I'm sorry. This is mm -hmm. what you're showing me is not attractive. So the results were much like what you showed. It was, um, I don't have the numbers here in front of me, but 80 some odd percent of the men's response was uh, positive in nature, which is, well, I guess I better get to work mm -hmm. on my appearance. Uh, thanks for bringing it up hurts, but Hey, it is what it is. Well, right. something like 93% or something like that of the women's response was negative, which was, all right, time to divorce. Um, wow. Go F yourself. Um, mm -hmm. I had a kid. This is what happens when you have a kid. You can gain weight. You know, if you can't live with it, then F you. Um, some of the most interesting responses were, I would lose a bunch of weight and then I would divorce him. Watch out. Boy, that's telling, isn't it? <laughs> That um, is sad, to be honest. Sad. Wow, to have sad. that mentality. That's yeah. a long-term vindictive plan. <laughs> I would wow. lose a bunch of weight and then dump them. Um, wow. A lot of women came back with, I would respond with, sure, you go ahead and take the baby and the housework and everything else. I'll go to the gym for a couple hours. And yeah, let's see how that works out. To which I went, I think majority of men that I know would say, cool, have at it. Yeah, go, see you, in, see you in a couple hours. Mm -hmm. And... Um, so I actually made a follow-up video and pulled the men and said, if, if that happened, what would your response be? Like 97% of the men would be supportive of it. They say, yeah, go. Yeah. So I think there's not a lot of, I think it's a lot. That's a, uh, oh, what's the term? Uh, the, the women are deflecting there. They're saying they're mm -hmm. putting the onus on the men saying he would never support my, yes, he would. Of course he would. Yeah. So the question then is, what are we seeing here? Is it, uh, is it is a societal, a cultural thing where women are, are being told you really don't have to work. The fact that you said I do and gave birth to a child job done, sweetheart, you know, that's it. Yeah. Relax. You know, I, I say relax, but you got a lot of work ahead of you as far as being a mother and everything else is concerned. But as far as effort is concerned of maintaining appearance and being an attractive spouse and doing the work on you as a couple, don't sweat it, you know, leave it up to the dude. That's his job now. Yeah. And that, excuse my language, that fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. And, um, that is, that's no bueno. I and, uh, I, uh, I'm going to do a follow up video with my wife here soon where I'm going to ask her what she thinks about that. And, uh, she'll tell you that she's, she's dumbfounded by a lot of women that come with that. My job is done as soon as I say I do kind of mentality. It's, it's awful. Now and men aren't, you know, we're not perfect. I know plenty of men no. that do the same damn thing. Mm -hmm. I'm a, I had one guy who, who I wrote about it in my book who uh, said, I saw you at the gym lifting weights. That was pretty impressive. And I started going into a spiel about, yeah, I started lifting a few years ago and blah, blah, blah. And he cut me off and said, well, I don't have to do that shit anymore. I'm married. And I thought that right there is the, uh, the perfect uh, encapsulation of the mindset of a lot of men. But yeah. what we see is that when you put the mirror in front of the men and say, you got a problem and I'm losing attracting attraction to you, mister do something about it. Majority mm -hmm. of men hop to attention and say, okay, let's go to the gym. It is don't want to lose yeah. my wife. Don't want to lose my family. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, the women say, go F yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, um, yeah. it is unfounding. It, it, again, it, it shocked me that no one was willing to try or fight for their marriage. Like no, I think I say 98% of the women were just, he can leave fucking by I'm gone. 
And only a few, and I highlighted it in the video, the, the results video, where it's like, well, I love my man. Thank you for letting me know this. I'm going to stay in shape for him. I'm going to do my best to keep him happy. So again, that 3% of women, there's still women out there who have that mentality, but the majority, it just blows my mind that one and done. Okay. If he's not happy, he can leave. No one wants to fight for it. And I think mm. that just kind of reinforces a lot of what men like, why bother? Why try if, if you, if, yeah. uh, if that's the way a lot of women think, and I just kind of reinforce them and say like, Hey, there are good women out there. Like for example, my girlfriend right now, she just had a baby November 15th. And you know, like, you know how Google sends like, Hey, this is what happened last year. You know, and you get those memories. I sent her some photos. Hey, this was us last Christmas. And she says, don't worry, babe, I'm going to look good again for you is what she said. And I didn't, I didn't insinuate that. I just said, Hey, mm -hmm. this happened last year, but she goes, I'm going to look good for you. I remember what you told me about your first marriage. I'm not going to be that way. No, I'm, I'm going to be your love, witch, is what I nicknamed her. My love, witch. so she, she wants to make an effort. Yeah. It's a movie. It, she looks like one of the characters in the movie. Google it later, but uh, right. she wants to stay sexy for me. And I go, that's the woman you want. Cause yeah. she knows what's important to me, especially at my age. And she knows what I like and I'm going to do the same vice versa. And that's why I know we're going to be great together. Cause and so I would have never thought a woman would tell me that before. The opposite of that would have been the woman. When you send that picture, she would have said, why are you sending me this picture? Are you trying to make exactly. me feel bad? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so where does that come from? Um, is it going back to our earlier in the conversation, I can put a very bland, generic, average woman profile up on online dating and get 1000 likes or messages or whatever they do in the online dating these days. Mm -hmm. And that woman will be like, well, hot damn, I'm, I'm a prize here. I got options versus mm -hmm. the most average bland dude won't get anything. So that's just the nature of the beast. That's, 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 not, that's never going to change. Women are the prize when it comes to the mating game, if you want to call it that. So women, I guess, innately know that, that, mm -hmm. oh, he doesn't like me. Well, guess what? I can open my front door and say, who wants this? And some dude's going to come running. That's how mm -hmm. much of a quote prize I am as a woman. Um, and the ancillary to that is also for a lot of those women, they look over to the man and go, who the hell are you to request yeah. any kind of demand out of me? I mean, look at you, dude. You know, you career's not the best. You don't look the best. And I could drop you at any singles bar anywhere and you're going to come home alone. I don't have to worry about a damn thing. <laughs> so you're working with those two things and you got to get a picture for why those women are so quick to go, well, go after yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, like you said, just kind of, I guess, close this out. Uh, as you hit it right the nail on the head when you said marriage isn't for everybody, it's for a small percentage. And I, I just hope that anybody who, who's listening to this is who's engaged or looking to get married, you really take what uh, uh, Ralph and I said to heart, because again, we've been there, we've done that. Uh, no one gets married to fail and get divorced. You know, we went in there to stay there forever. We both did. And it didn't work out, but again, uh, it worked out for the best for us in the end, but take these lessons to heart. And again, understand that marriage is a hard, life is hard enough as it is on your, by yourself. You know, we understand on our own life is hard. Now you can have another life in there, but not just her, but her parents, <laughs> you're getting, getting involved with the family. Life is not easy. So you got to fight for it. But again, uh, there's a maturity level that you need and a lot of upfront, honest discussions with your spouse at the very beginning before you even consider putting a ring on that person. Because if you don't yeah. have those discussions up front, it, it they'll eventually will come up in the you marriage, man. But, yeah, exactly but right. uh, 
But uh, again, uh, Ralph, man, uh, this was, uh, I forgot, we're like an hour and 30 minutes. I thought we're yeah. going to be here an hour. So it just flew by, man. We can it go on like all day. But uh, tell everybody where they can find you and your programs and uh, we'll, we'll end it there. Dadstartingover.com is the website, kind of hub for everything. But you can find me in all the social media, TikTok, YouTube, elsewhere. Facebook is really big. I got like 80 some thousand followers on there. Uh, nice. Just look for Dad Starting Over and you'll see uh, all that. And um, we do, like I talked about, the live events with Dr. Psych Mom, uh, the DSO fraternity, uh, my books, all kinds of cool stuff. Awesome. Well, Ralph, uh, Mr. AKA DSO, thank you so much. This was an absolute blast, brother. And we got to do this thank again. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, everybody, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It's uh, I know it's very touching and could be triggering to a lot of people. But again, this is real life advice and real life testimony and stories from two gentlemen who've been divorced, rebuilt their lives, became better men of that tragic event, rediscovered love and have a new family. So take our knowledge and wisdom to heart. And please do not forget to go to DSO's platforms. All his social media links will be down below in the show description. Like and follow him and do so as well with my platforms. Be sure to follow me, subscribe to all my uh, platforms, links down below. I would appreciate it. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, like, review, share, and I will see you next week. Have a wonderful day.